And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hey everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. Welcome to the version of Like a Boss, helping insights, influencers, entrepreneurs, and badasses like you to rise to the top. So today I'm going to be talking to Ryan Cote. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Ryan Cote. Okay, you look Italian. You live in Jersey. That's not very Italian. I'm half Italian. My mother's uh, main name is Master Polo. So uh, my dad's like a mix of Irish and French and others. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. I was like, I'm looking at you. You live in Jersey. You got the whole new Italian <laughs> thing going on. I'm like, Cote, what's, doesn't like, you know, but I'm now like master in Italian. So who knows? I can, that can be something, in, you know, Italian. I have no clue. Yeah. So I want to tell you who Ryan Cote is, is the director of digital services and partner at Valentine, a third generation family owned direct mail and digital marketing company based out of Fairfield, New Jersey. Uh, with Valentine's, he's been with Valentine since 2003. Family owned business started in 1966 by his great uncle. Ryan now manages the growing digital marketing division. All right. So I was talking to you kind of in the green room about family owned businesses and how I watch the profit a lot because I like Marcus. And he talks a lot about how the percentage is of businesses going from even second generation, much less third generation, how they, uh, it's a high percentage of failure, um, mainly because it comes from the entrepreneur who started it whenever that was, you know, there was a particular drive that was happening that forced them or they chose or like whatever that thing was that was like, I'm going to make this happen. They like made the grind out. And if the family at some level has particular, maybe they've, you know, they've been able to have the wealth from that or whatever. I don't, I don't know, you know, just in generally speaking, of course, is that they don't have that raw drive, you know? And so he goes into a lot of businesses and of course he always goes in to make them profitable. He's always ends up dealing with the drama, right. Of like what's going on. And I remember this particular one where I watched, again, I don't remember what the heck they were selling for God's sake. It doesn't even always matter. Right. But this particular one, the son, was similar your age. He went to other companies and came back. And then the whole, the whole season or the whole episode was about basically how his, the son was doing all these things to kind of just prove to his father that he was enough, you know, and he was worthy enough to like make it happen. So, and I'm not saying this is you at all. I'm just curious, right? We haven't really talked 
deeply. So what is it like, or what was it, you know, just to start there, what was it like to grow up um, having your great uncle and then your father run yeah. this business? Yeah, it's a good question. So yeah, I mean, I go back to like high school, I used to work at the company. And so even before I joined Ballantyne in 2003, I was working at the company. And what was it like? I mean, it was, I mean, our whole family is very entrepreneurial. So it's, um, I guess it's all, all, all we've ever known. Um, and, you know, I think we all, so a lot, of, a lot of people ask me like, what makes it work? And I think the fact is like, we all do have strong work ethics. Um, yeah. We all kind of carry our weight, you know, whatever the phrase is or the quote is. Um, and we all kind of have our positions, you know, like we all have our set roles. Like we're all, you know, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And so we kind of play, play those strengths and weaknesses. And so, and there's no egos involved. So I think that helps a lot. Okay. Hold up. I call BS on this. Your Jersey, your Italian and your family right there. There's ego, ego, and just inner dynamics of a family. I don't care how Southern and nice a family is. There is yeah. just family dynamics happen, right? It's just natural. We all right. love and hate our family. I love ways. So I, I, you know, Come on. Like, so are you saying that there basically has never been any ego and everything's worked out great and it sounds like everything's just pretty little pie under like, really? Is that true? Ah, uh, good question. Um, Come on. No, I mean, I'm like, no, no strife on Christmas. You know, Come on. <laughs> like, give me a break. I mean, I have a Southern family and like, you know, I love my sister, but we still have it out. Yeah. So it happens and we're not Italian. Maybe we're, like, maybe we're like docile. Maybe we're docile Italians. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. Listen to you. <laughs> docile New Jersey Italians. Now that would be a really great show. Is it? Are you Jersey Shore? Like you guys aren't like that's that. Sure. That's yeah. 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 I got that's entertaining, but I mean, in true honesty, are you just saying that everything, you know, you just knew you were going to be in the family business and, we try to make, you know, like, so it takes a lot of work. So we, we try to make a very concentrated effort of, of not letting like family drama get into the business. Of course, like things happen, uh, you know, yeah, definitely we have dirt or dirty laundry. I'm not going to share on this podcast, but like we try not to let it creep into the, into work as much as possible. And yeah, I mean, it just, it just takes effort. Like sometimes we'll disagree, but I can't, I honestly can't think of any, so we'll have disagreements, but they won't be like shouting disagreements. Just be like, well, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't agree with you. And like, we'll just talk or talk, talk mm -hmm. it out. But there's never any like, uh, at least yet, yeah, not good with it doesn't happen, but uh, there's never been like major blasts. So disagreements, but then we always come to a, come to agreement on the path to take. And so. So who, who kind of set the tone of that in your family to do that? I, I think my father, though it might've been my great uncle, my great grandfather. I just don't, I was, too young to know how it worked back then. But I think I th I, if I had to guess, it's probably my father, you know, he was, yeah. uh, he always tried to keep. Um, so one of the things in my experience with entrepreneurs and any businesses, and I'm not trying to, what I call it, you said dirty laundry, it's called just reality. I mean, even like in pro the profit, he goes in and he's always like looking at the numbers, but he always has to deal with some dynamic that's happening with things called human psychology. Right. right. And it's about, uh, to me, I mean, you can be on the show and we can talk about how great you are and how great the company is and what you guys do, but you know what people really want to hear? The failures and like the things y'all been through and had to overcome. I mean, right. honestly, people, when I, when they talk to me they go, they don't want to have everything's perfect for me. They look at 
What's your failures, Heather? What have you done that had to overcome something? That's the story that people want to hear, you know? And so I'm, I'm not asking you to do dirty laundry, but all I hear right now with lovingly lovingness, as I say, and I told you before, this is not just about how perfectness I, I hear right now a guy that had everything going for him, never had any problems, went right. to college, went off for two, for a couple of years, came back to the family business and everything's been perfect. Yeah. Is that really a story people want to hear? I don't think so. And I don't think that's true. I think you have a lot more depth to you. So my question is what, I mean, what is it about the business, the family business that you like had some challenges with maybe you personally? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Right. What have you had to like overcome with yourself personally that you've had to like break through those barriers? Yeah. Okay. Make me sweat a little here. Um, Good. I, I can think so. So me personally, and I, I can't speak to my brothers how, how they, how they are, but sure. Like I have this big thing about like carrying my weight here. Like I want to make sure that like my effort and my results are at least at the same level as my two part my my two brothers, and my uncle, my partners in the business. Yeah. And so like for me, I always have this feeling like I need to like keep up with them, or I need to make sure that what I'm doing is equal to what they're doing. And so that's something I personally deal with, you know, every day. I want to make sure that if I feel like I'm slacking a little bit, I can feel it internally, and so and then I try to work a little harder and get, maybe get a new client or put a little more effort into there, into, into different areas. So for me personally, I, uh, I battle with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see brothers are very competitive. My sister and I are very competitive. So that could definitely drive, you know, drive in a good way. Use that into a, a good way. Are they, your brothers older than you or younger? Where are you I'm at? I'm actually the oldest. I'm oldest, the oldest. I'm the oldest. I'm 40 and my other brothers are 30, 38, 36. So oh, uh, nice. very different, but, uh, but yeah, I, I I think my young my youngest brother's probably the most mature out of the three of us, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Usually is I'm the baby and I'm the most mature. Just kidding, dude. That's not <laughs> that's, true at all. So that's something I, I personally deal battle with just my own internal things that mm-hmm. I think about a lot is trying to make sure that my my results and my effort is is on par with what they're doing. At least that's my uh, at least my perception of of you know how I'm how I'm performing. Uh, the other thing yeah. is like. I mentioned to in the green room, like, you know, we started with direct mail yeah, and then we created the digital division five years ago. And for the first year, it was just me pretending it wasn't just me. Like I had a bigger team and I had to learn sales, which I wasn't very good at. And then now we have a team that I'm like the director of and I have to learn leadership, which I'm not a natural leader. At least I don't feel like I am. So that for me has been a, a learning process. I still try to work on like how to inspire people and how to lead them and how to get clients in the meantime. And for me, that's been, that's, that's been a learning process for sure. It, it took yeah. a while, like the first two years, honestly, it was, the business was kind of crap, the digital side. We, we had very little clients. Um, and then we got our first big client, which enables to hire someone. And then, but it's still like, you know, it's still, it's going well, but it's still, it requires an, an annoying, annoyingly amounts of effort. Every it's day. a lot. Yeah. I mean, any kind of entrepreneur effort, it's a huge machine. And I think that people don't realize how big of a machine you have to constantly be pushing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think there's a, there's very few businesses that I interview that are third generation. Right. So I'm, um, that's why I'm really kind of interested in that because it sounds like to me, you came in, you were entrepreneurial, you started the business within the business, right. And you had to kind of break through your own personal barriers. And I'm sure there are 
personal barriers you had to go through from the family. You know, maybe the one person was like, I don't believe you, or I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're all like, go, go. Right now, I'm like, right now, I'm like about to say, can I just be part of your family? Because you sound y'all perfect over there. So I'm like, I can share some drama, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. But I think that there's, um, you know, when people, when people hear entrepreneurial stories and why they listen to podcasts, they want, they want information. We want, we want like the how to's, right. Which we can go down and we will here in a second, but they also want to know the journey right. and because people look at their day every day and they're like overwhelmed by the journey and they just want to fall back and they just want to say, screw it. And they just want to say, go get a job at McDonald's or something. You know, I'm not saying I'm speaking that for out loud, but I mean, they just kind of want to say, forget about it, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, family business has its own dynamics. It's got its own stuff. I mean, you know, and I think that it's a different kind of psychology. Some people going to work every day, they're scared to death. They have to constantly keep up, to, keep up for the boss because they're scared to get fired. Yeah. You might probably never get fired because you're family. So it's more like what drives you, right? It's like, well, I got to keep up with my brothers because I always want to look better than them, right? Okay, well, that like that does something, right? In the psychology, like that makes sense, right? So it's just, I think it's really interesting from the psychology perspective of generational businesses. And like I said, Marcus, I always get his last name wrong. Profit Simone, dude. Marcus yeah. Simonis. Yeah, I love Impossible. him, right? Impossible to spell, but you know. <laughs> I love his, one of his, and I'll, I'll, I'll shift it after this for you because I can tell you over there sweaty. Um, I feel like I'm Oprah. So one of his, uh, my favorite lines, I think it was season two or season three, really early on when I was watching one of his shows and he was in the middle of this massive drama between two brothers that were starting this business and they were about to go in this massive growth and there was all this stuff happening. And then kind of the drama of the, of the, whatever the brothers was happening. And there was this great line. He's sitting down and he's kind of in the middle of their battle. And he goes, you know, I am not Oprah. <laughs> like, and I just love that line because he's like, people, I am Marcus, I am business, I am not Oprah. And, uh, but now in the last couple seasons, it's not like he's becoming Oprah, but he knows now, like, I have to deal with the psychology of stuff. And he, he's pretty good at that. So, anyway, I just find it. Can I add something to the, you mentioned challenges too. Um, yeah. Something that I, so like now I'm like, so I'm the director of digital, so I got this team here. <clears throat> most responsible for new business, something I struggle with. I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but like sometimes I'm just not very motivated, you know, mm. but you, you can't come to the office and be like, Hey everyone. Our <laughs> right. Right. You do okay have day to be alive. You know, you have to be like energy well, inspiring. You have a whole nother kind of what's the word I'm looking for. Um, a pressure because you know, it's like the family it's business. Family yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be looked at differently. And we're not treated differently. Everyone's really, everyone is family. And that's not just like, we try to, we really try to create that culture where everyone is sort of family. And I know they're not family, but we try to create that atmosphere. And that's just not trying to sound like we're, you know, that is seriously how we try to approach it. Mm -hmm. And so like, even I think back to like when I was in high school, and maybe this is answering one of your previous questions. We were never treated differently just because our last name is Cote. You know, we yeah. all, it didn't, we were, it was the same. And so, and that was like this from the start. And so, and now that we've built this team up, we try to treat everyone like their family. And so that's the, that's yeah. the approach that we're taking. Um, you ever watch the show Secession on HBO? No. Oh, God, you've got to get it. I don't have HBO. You don't have HBO. Okay, well, you can get it on – you can watch Game of Thrones. I mean, I'll have to – in the interview. If you watch Everyone Game here watches Game of Thrones. I, I try watching it. I just – you know, I have a hard time. Like, uh, I can't understand a single word they're saying. And then I have to turn on the captions. And then I have to, like, pay attention to every word they're saying. And it's like – I don't know. Maybe that's like ADHD or. Yeah. 
That's okay. Well, it's essentially you should consider watching. It's just basically about a big mogul who's passing on the company to his kids, and like all the the whole show is about the drama okay. of the show of the, of the of the siblings and the like all the rivalry stuff going on. So it's actually a lot of fun. All right, let's move into you. So Valentine um, does direct, started in direct mail, but what do you focus on now? What kind of clients are you focusing on? For me personally, I mean, I'm on a digital for your side. division for your division. My division, okay, yeah. So- yeah, it's because it's two different types of audiences that we deal with here. So sure. on the digital side, it's small businesses, so contractors, manufacturers, service businesses, like insurance, wealth management. On the direct mail side, it's very large companies uh, that do a lot of direct mail. So it's like okay. two companies within one company. Do you have a lot of this? I mean, it sounds like you guys have really different demographics of the kinds of clients on both sides. Do you ever cross-pollinate, right? So you have a client that's digital, and then you actually add a direct mail piece to that? We do. Um, actually, that's um, something that's becoming more and more common. You know, and the way direct mail, our direct, direct mail division is set up, we really want, we really thrive off like the really big jobs. And so like one of our clients um, is BMW, for example. And so we're just too small for them to take us seriously on the digital side. So there's been no like real cross-pollination that way. But we oh, do yeah. have small businesses like um, a manufacturer who might want to do a postcard and then we'll, they'll use us for that. So we kind of, you know, yeah. their agency or record or whatever you want to call it. So I'm curious because I come from more of the offline world back in like 98, 99, 2001. Um, and I'm definitely heavy into digital. And I think that, that one of the huge opportunities right now, even in 2019, 20 beyond, is that the, uh, the offline and the, it, it kind of swung, like the pendulum swung. It was really heavy, heavy offline, obviously, for years. And then it, this huge pendulum swing only to online, you know. And I think now people are starting to finally get, it's got to be both. You know what I mean? It's got to have this nice little balance. What's your experience with that? And do you have to, like, kind of sell sometimes your clients into that? Yeah, that's a good question. So, like, our print side of the business is very strong. We've had, we're having a very good year this year. Last year was strong. Um well, really the last seven years, obviously the recession was not good, but, um, so print ever since print is dead, but for us, it's, it's changed. Like the, if I think back, uh, do you remember, um, like Columbia house and AOL, the disc mailers, like AOL mailers used to get, Yeah. Oh my God. I had the, like the mailers of the CDs. Did y'all do yeah, that count? Did all those. Yeah. That was us. Oh my gosh. All those bad boys out. And then Columbia house, like the stamp sheets, we used to do all that. Yeah. Uh, the dollar cassette. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm dating you myself. Stamp and you put it on the stamp, um, and like you do that, and you get all the different ones. It's a dollar, and then you get. A, okay, so who's listening? I'm going to just say this: It's Columbia Records back in the day, right? I think it was like a dollar trial, and then you get like a cassette a a month kind of thing. Which, by the way, if you're like, what the hell's a cassette? <laughs> <It's been there. laughs> okay, just just know that it's like a CD ish. All right, um, it's cassette. Okay, and you get a different cassette of a different artist every single month. For what I can't remember, what it was it cost like nineteen dollars a month or something? I can't. Yeah, remember. I can't remember, but yeah, you get like buy t- you get buy buy ten get one free. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buy ten get one free. I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, you're you're like dating me really badly. Um, <laughs> I remember that? Uh, I remember tapes and CDs and all that. And I definitely remember AOL CD. I didn't know that that was your account. That was a great account. You know what's funny is, uh, yeah, it was uh, Columbia House was like gigantic part of our business for a while, too too big, honestly. Um, that was before my time. That was in the eighties. Um, but uh, it's funny because people here, like you know, so I'm forty, and we've got on the digital side, we've got like people that are twenty two to twenty nine. I guess they don't even know what a cassette is. 
Well, I get I got made fun of the other day for using the word DVD. I was like, oh yeah, someone was telling me they 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 use like a workout program from home. I was like, oh, is it like a DVD? I'm like DVD? No, it's like we just watch it on YouTube. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize DVD was like that outdated, but um, so anyway, <laughs> it's okay. I I get it. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's understandable. Um, there's still things of DVDs that's <laughs> like bad. Um, I understand. I live in Austin. The average age is like 25. <clears throat> so we were talking about some things at dinner last night and this guy had this really weird look on his face because there was like four of us they were all in our 40s and then this we, I kind of looked over and the guy had this glare like what are y'all talking about I'm like are you a millennial he goes yeah but what have to do anything I go it's generational <laughs> we're talk. we're 40s you were you weren't alive and he was like yeah. oh <laughs> Had that attitude. <laughs> I was like, now you know how we feel when y'all talk about stuff. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, so let's go. I mean, I'm just curious so about your clients that are currently digital. What do you see the biggest challenges are? What kind of clients are you guys focused on right now? What are the biggest challenges you're dealing with? With them, um, yeah. So for a typical client for us, we're it's a small business and we're we're basically their marketing department. So they're outsourcing all their digital SEO, paid search, social content, all that to us. Um, honestly, for us, the biggest expectat- the biggest challenge is setting expectations and managing mm-hmm. expectations. You know, we generally have a very good track record, but sometimes things don't work or they don't work as straight of a line as you would like them to. So it takes like pulling things out and adding things in. And so it's really just managing expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably our biggest challenge right now. That's say. a good one. Let's talk about that for a second. No one's really come on here talking about managing expectations, especially with the especially when a company is completely outsourcing. You know, yeah. when they're just like letting go the reins, I can, I can see how any company, no matter what kind of company would feel a little like, what are y'all doing over there? You know? So, yeah. and if they don't, if they see the numbers and they're not, it's not dr- what I call the drive of um, how do you set expectations and manage that? If you have a client going, Hey, we're not liking what you're doing. Where's the numbers. Right. Talk us yeah. through that. So for me, it starts in the sales process. So my, my job here, one of the jobs is to get clients. So it always comes up like how long is it going to take to get results? And so I always try to set expectations from beginning there and saying, well, you know, certain things like paid search are quicker because it's, you're paying Google and they just send the traffic right away, but it still takes time. But SEO takes a really long time. So I, I try to give them a range and a monthly range of what they can expect. So it starts, it starts for me in the beginning and then with clients, really, it comes down to and we've kind of like so as we've grown the digital division, we tried every year we try to do little things a little bit better, a little bit differently. And so one of the things we started doing 2017, I think it was late 2017, is we started doing biweekly phone calls with clients. So we find like the constant communication really does help because now they know they're talking to us every two weeks. And so if they have any lingering doubt or any questions, they know they're going to get questions very, they're going to get answers very quickly from us. Um, so, so you mean bi-monthly, not bi-weekly, right? Bi-weekly is twice a month, right? Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly? Yeah, we bi-weekly was- is uh, every two two times a week. <laughs> All right, we've been confusing everyone then because we, we always say bi-weekly. So. Bi-monthly, right? So twice a month, every two know. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every two weeks. Twice, it's twice a month, so whatever that is, bi-monthly. Like bi-monthly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. I'm not trying to disclose I'm just, when you said bi-weekly, I'm thinking, you want to talk to them twice a week? You know, I thought, <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I think I like that. Every two weeks, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. They're feeling like, hey, we're talking to them next week. Let's put our questions together. So when we talk to them, we know. So there's exactly. there's what I call the touching points. That and helps. it gives us an opportunity to get a read on the client too. Yeah. Are they not happy? And so go over results. We also started doing, this was last year now, 2018. We started using dashboards. 
Um, mm. I mentioned hey, what do you guys here. use? That's great. What do you guys use? Okay, so we started using, and we're not affiliated with them at all, but we started with grow.com. Mm-hmm. Before Actually, that, yeah. we're now in the transition of moving to Ninja Cat, which is kind of a silly name, but it's a pretty cool tool. Ninja okay. Cat. It just has yeah. more integrations. So is that access if the client actually has access behind the scenes and things like that to what's they going do. on? They, they yeah. have a link where they can look at their it updates in real time. So now they have us, they're speaking this every two weeks, every two weeks. And now they have this dashboard that updates in real time. So there's never, it, 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 we're trying to create this opportunity where the situation where they never like lingering doubt or like what's happening and what are they doing for me? It can never yeah. fester. Yeah. And that, you know, and that sort of helps us with managing their expectations. Nice. That's actually really smart. Um, Ninja Cat, and we're not affiliated, no promotion here, but Ninja Cat sounds like you guys are doing doing well. And, yeah. and as a business owner yourself and in, in, in the digital marketing side, are you any kind of masterminds? Are you doing things that are outside of your oh. uh, just being in, you know, in Jersey, being cool Italian in Jersey? Are you, you doing things added, that are You just added about 20 minutes to this conversation. Um, oh, oops. Yes. <laughs> but yes, that, that is actually a big part of a, uh, I love masterminds. I'm part of one right now. Um, we meet weekly, um, and then we meet twice a year in Nashville. And so we go over like business, we go over marriage, kids, anything. Nothing's off topics. Um, yeah. Off How topics. many people are in the mastermind? So in my in my specific group, there's ten, but then the comp in the company or whatever group overall, there's 150, I think. Okay, got it. And uh, is it just men, women? Is it a combination? So this is men only. This is men only. Um, there is like they have like a they have like a, a, a women version as well. So there's like a men's version and a women's version. That's just the way they've decided to set it up. So um, um, yeah, I have like ten guys in my group, and then we meet through Zoom like this once mm-hmm. a week, and then um, twice a year we actually meet all in person, which is really okay. cool. Um, so do you find that just having only men is a good thing? I don't know. I mean, you I add mean, a lot of value, you know. No, no, I must see. I know. I, I when I said that, I knew I was. I was kind of leading myself down this trail. I, it's just the way they. I say am it for up. a woman. <laughs> I have but three I think daughters. That I, men do that a lot. I mean, all the masters that I've been to has only been all men too. I'm usually the only female. I have three daughters and I'm married, so um, I'm pro women as well. I know, uh, I know, but I'm really asking. I got it. As I'm not asking you, this is a, a husband or a father or anything. This is about business, right? This is about understanding that women do add value. Entrepreneur. I'm really actually asking the question, just like openly. Do you find that that's that's good? Do you maybe find it safe for yourself to be able to speak about what's really going on in your life? I don't know. I'm really asking the question. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And it's I not know about being good. a husband and father at all. This is totally separate. It's about right, business. right, right. No, 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 it's a good question. And I, I know the, I know he's the, the owner of the company, Aaron, he's taken, taken a little bit of heat from this when he speaks at events. Um, like why not women and part of the group? I think his reasoning is that, so we don't just talk about business. We talk about like marriage and some of the topics honestly are very sensitive. And so I think he's trying to create an environment where men don't, they could just, they don't hold back because women are listening. And maybe that's a silly reason because maybe oh, they wouldn't true. hold back. But I think so, uh, uh, some of the topics that in, in my particular group, or like as sensitive as you can get. And so yeah. I feel like maybe he's just trying to create an environment where there's no wall up to like look cool. It's like the walls down. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm just really curious. I mean, you know, we've been rotary and mo- mainly business networking has been basically male only for generations. Yeah. So I was just simply curious. I think against you as a father and, 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 yeah husband, but like business, it's very separate. There's a door there. So there's a wall there. And so I just wanted to ask you if you felt that maybe you were missing out on having a different woman perspective 
right? On to having different things if you're talking about business. But it sounds like more this is more of a personal and business side. There's like a, a heavy, more personal development side to it. And I can see where, you know, you need to have that that unclosed group kind of thing with the guys. Totally get it. There's women Bible studies and men Bible studies and like all that stuff going on. So like, I get it. Like that actually makes more sense. So I love it though. I, I'm, I'm like really big into like the personal development. Cause I think like you can refine your skill set as much as possible, like digital marketing or whatever. But I think a lot of the battles like up here, like try to figure that part out. And so for me, just like listen to podcasts, um, reading books, being part of my mastermind, having a morning routine, meditating, working out, do like I do boxing. So I try to like I try to tackle from all different angles, and that really just helps me cope with here too. Like trying to become a better leader, motivated, and showing up better for the team here, so yeah. that they are inspired to do a better job. And <clears throat> definitely don't have it. Definitely don't have it dialed in perfectly because, like I said, some days I just I just don't have it in me. But um, I don't. know. Does anyone? I don't know. No. <laughs> I thought for a while there, you were a perfect Italian boy in New Jersey. <laughs> all good. Hey, it's all about, you know, it's about life and love. And I think that one of the things I want to bring to the table of this, this, this podcast is that entrepreneurs, it, it sounds like it's, it's separated, you know, with family and whatnot, but you do, it is all encompassing. And I think that's what Aaron's doing. I know you're talking about, I know who he is, <clears throat> good guy. And he is saying, Hey, yeah, we can talk about business all day long and what you're dealing with your employees and your financials and your profit and loss, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have your personal stuff together, potentially if your major marriage is falling apart, it's really hard to perform at home That's in the office point. and really vice point. versa. Right. And it's, it's completely correlated. People think, oh, I, my marriage could be falling apart or relationship or whatever the situation. And then I could be succeeding. I'm like, it's not possible. Think garbage Napoleon Hill talks about that. So <clears throat> I think he's just trying to all encompass that and create that safe space for men to share about like, you know, what they're, what they're going through, because it's true. If they're, if, if their marriage is doing well or not, or whatever that's going on, it does affect, right. It affects the bottom line. If that energy comes into the business. I mean, am I on the same path or what they're, what Aaron's saying? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, they'll even like, they'll even go as far as like my group leader of like my, not Aaron, but this guy, Derek, when I went to my first national event. So I, I've, I mean, I think I mentioned I have three, three little kids <clears throat> and my wife's a night nurse. So you know, when I went to Nashville the first year, which was last fall, she had was she, she by herself with the kids and she had to work out her schedule for nursing. And so he was like, send her flowers. So like this, that, then I sent her flowers. And um, actually, I didn't send her flowers. My group sent her flowers. But um, this year, I went in spring, I sent her flowers. And so like they, they try to like, they try to look after you there, give you advice on how to take care of your personal business. Oh, well. that was so, cute. I yeah. love that. That's all. I bet your wife really liked that. So cool. All right. Well, I appreciate this. So where can they people, if they're like interested in working with you, um, do you only work with clients in the Jersey, New York area, Tri-State area, or do you work outside of that? Um, in terms of like my efforts, I focus like Tri-State area, but we have clients. If it's like a referral, it doesn't matter where they're located. Okay. Um, so yeah, nationwide to answer your question. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, well, yeah. where can they find work with you specifically? Yeah. So look me up on LinkedIn. It's Ryan Cote, C-O-T-E. Um, and then I've got a website, um, obviously I've got a website, stupid thing to say. I've got a link to share with you, uh, .com forward slash like a boss. And on there, there's my LinkedIn, uh, profile. Also, there's an offer for free video analysis. If anyone wants me personally to review their website, look at like their SEO and their social media and all that, I'll mm -hmm. do that. No cost. So. Nice. Okay. Excellent. That's cool. Um, I love that. So thank you. Valentine.com forward slash like a boss. Thank you for that. And I, I think the other, I was laughing when you said website, that's stupid. I, I get it. Someone the other day was on the show and they go, www. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. That's like a cassette 
guy yeah. or something, you know? so I just remember that. that. You could go to www.com. <laughs> That was like HTTP forward slash cold. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're laughing. If you if you're under twenty five or thirty, you have no clue what we're talking about. So um, <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning this whole this like with the younger kids now. Uh, there's like this whole new language. Like my cousin the other day used the word fire. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like fire. It's fire. I'm like, he's like that means it's like it's hot. It's popular. I'm like, oh, there's like this whole new jargon that's brewing that the younger kids are using. That <clears throat> will you uh. Throw me a cheat sheet because <laughs> yeah, there's fire. There's a few other ones that they've used. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I'm starting to like learn the lingo. So okay, well, let me know. What that, you can <laughs> you can email me the cheat sheet when you get that because I yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, guys. This, so this is Heather Havenwood again. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Heather, Heather Havenwood uh, with HeatherHavenwood.com and Like a Boss. Check us out at HeatherHavenwood.com. And you can check out Ryan at Valentine.com forward slash Like a Boss. Again, Ryan, thank you so much for being here, and I appreciate you cool. being willing to share. Yes. You didn't share your dirty laundry, but you did yeah, share. Yeah, you sweat here. I did. I made a I made a, <laughs> I made a Jersey Italian boy sweat. That's <laughs> official. Um, all right, guys. Again, this is Heather Havenwood. Check it out. HeatherHavenwood.com. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, and having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com, and let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.